Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today is another dream guest for Steph and me, as we have the privilege of talking to the one and only Victor Marks. You guys, this man, <laughs> in his own words, is, quote, a high-risk missionary. In our words, he's freaking Rambo in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. This man is a former Marine, a master of mixed martial arts. He's a seven-time black belt and goes over to Iraq and Syria and rescues women and children from ISIS. He also rescues girls from human trafficking here in the United States and also internationally. Just an absolutely amazing man. And we kind of had a freak out moment at the end of this conversation, <laughs> yes, Kevin. Yes, we did. You guys, we can't wait for you to hear this conversation with our new friend, Victor Marks. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in Central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. <laughs> All right, Steph. How excited oh! are we for this conversation? Oh my gosh. Oh, I got to take, take off my gun. Sorry. <laughs> is that what that is? Is that your gun? Yeah. That's my <laughs> weapon. Yeah. My um, wife just said, take it off. Your I was just going to say, this might be the most masculine dude we've ever talked to. He's a <laughs> the fact Literally. that he took his gun off to yes, have a conversation. That's a with first. Us. In a hundred. <laughs> First. 173 episodes that's a first we're like time out let me take my gun off I take my gun off <laughs> well friends our next guest holds many titles including soldier master of mixed martial arts weapons expert author child advocate filmmaker and he is the founder of all things possible an organization that helps thousands of women children and members of the military find hope healing and faith ladies and gentlemen Please welcome to tell us a good story, Mr. Victor Marks. Victor Marks! Oh, you, oh, you guys, thanks. Oh. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this. Uh, well, oh. thank you for saying yes to us. We're excited well, to talk to you. No, first of all, I always have to say, because I get some amazing introductions like y'all, you know, the, the problem is I have to live up to it. So, you know, background in martial arts, I was a Marine, not a soldier. It means the same thing to civilians, but not in the military group. Okay. Because we eat crayons and army guys don't. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, the president of our organization actually retired from the army uh, as a Delta operator uh, with a thousand missions. Wow. And yeah, and he never lost a man. So, mm. best Whoa. monster hunter I've ever worked with. And uh, he's been on our team for quite some time, now in great leadership, and we're still getting it done. As a matter of fact, last week, we help facilitate getting three pedophiles here in the U.S. that wow. uh, to help save children. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, that's anyway, amazing. you guys, so glad to be here. Well, let me share a quick story with you to start this off, Victor. Yeah. So, a few weeks ago, actually, it was like two months ago, you spoke at our church. So we're in Columbus, Ohio. You spoke at Faith Life Church at a men's conference on a Friday yes. evening, and I did. Yes, <laughs> yes, you did. I was, I was not there. Well, during your conversation, I had multiple men in the service texting me and saying, you have got to talk to this guy, Victor Marks. And I was like, okay. They're like, look him up. Seriously, look him up. Like right now, you've got to talk to him. 
Am I okay? So we weren't there. Mm -hmm. But that weekend, I looked you up, started looking at YouTube channel, your website, all that. And I was immediately, as you can imagine, like, oh my gosh, yes, we need to reach out to Victor Marks. So I go to Steph and I said, okay, Steph, there's this man who spoke at our church this weekend. He goes by the name of Victor Marks. But I think in real life, he's Rambo. That's all he needed to say. And Steph was like, was like yes. 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 Let's talk to that guy. I want Rambo. <laughs> and then you pop up on the screen just now. And I'm like, it is Rambo. With an American flag behind him. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> you are literally like Rambo in real life. So the first question, do yeah. you have any good stories from fighting ISIS or over in Iraq or fighting a guy in the airport i don't know <laughs> like do you have yeah. any good stories I, well you know what i've got so many and uh we're currently working on a book that's going to be out next year through salem publishing and it's called the dangerous gentleman okay. so but in doing this i'm telling the guy helping me write it so many stories and one that comes to mind that people it's so unique it's you know one of my first encounters with isis now, as a Christian high-risk missionary doing operations in Iraq, our mission, among other things, was help to relieve trauma, but we help facilitate a recovery or rescue of children or women uh, that had been affected by ISIS or were in ISIS areas or the war. And one night, it's, it's after midnight in Mosul, beyond hot, just, you know, you can hear gunfire. Battles are still going on. We're in a little position uh, in a little safe house, which just meant it was a bombed out house where we had people surrounding it in case ISIS got to us. And we were doing a movement when I walked out. There's a few Iraqi soldiers pounding this ISIS fighter. He'd just been captured. So imagine the beard and this guy looked at me and I looked at him and I had my dog with me. And instantly I thought, man, this guy. You could tell he wanted, he would rather cut my head off than anything. And he has his hands behind his back, and he literally was just fuming. And I thought, well, let's let's see what God actually has in store. And that's a moment we as humans have to either submit ourselves to God or you pull out your gun and shoot somebody in the face. That actually deserves it. And I felt like God was saying, talk to him and pray for him. I was like, wow, okay. So I got my turp, I asked the guys, could you stop beating him for a second? <laughs> I'm like, general, I want to talk to this guy. And all of a sudden, I got to tell you, I felt a level of grace that I, it's just supernatural because the, the amount of torture and abuse and killings that ISIS has done, that we would see their carnage. And now I'm looking at this guy who literally is a commander in ISIS. And I felt the grace of God. And I just said, hey, I want to talk to you about a few things. So we did. He started, I said, have you ever met an American? He's like, nope. I said, you ever met a Christian? He goes, no. I said, why do you want to kill me? And he said, I don't know. You know, and one thing led to another where I said, tell me about your family. He told me you had daughters. And, and the, the conversation boiled down to this. I said, you know, you're going to die here pretty quick. Do you know what happens to you when you die? And he said, inshallah, which is Islam's way of well, God's will, whatever God wants. And I said, do you mind if I tell you my understanding and what I would call my security of salvation? Because I could die going around a corner five minutes from now. 
And he goes, yeah. So I actually shared my faith with this ISIS commander who's got his hands tied behind his back. He's sitting in a Indian position because he's a combative criminal that we now have. And at the end, I'm like, do you want to have that same assurance I do? And he said, yes. Mm. So now I start praying with him to receive Christ. And it's also real because you can still hear shooting in the background. But then right when I got the end of praying with him and said, in Jesus name, he wouldn't say in Jesus name, he stopped, shook his head. No. And listen to me, as sure as I'm talking to y'all, his face contorted. What? And I literally saw a demon just go whoop on this man. And he embodied evil. It was unreal. He broke out of his hand ties and instantly my dog goes for him to jugular him. I'm like nine. Oh, and then the Iraqi soldiers come over. They pin him down. And I'm like, what in the world? I'm this close to just finishing a prayer. So they, they bind him up. He struggles. They tie him up again. They're like, what do you want us to do? I said, leave him right there. And then I saw this demonic thing leave him and his face came back to normal. And I said, Hey, you know, just evil came. He's like, yeah, really? Yeah. I'm like, dude, I said, oh, I, let me just tell you, I know that there's a strong presence on you and you've yielded to evil and the enemy will take advantage of that. But I said, what would you want me to say to any young men being radicalized, thinking about coming to ISIS, his words from his lips to my ears, he said, Tell them, don't come to the darkness. Don't come to the darkness. And then I told him, I said, look, you can always turn to Christ, just like the thief on the cross. You can always call out on his name and you will be saved. And he actually thanked me and left. And uh, I'm sitting there kind of stunned. And then in a funny way to me, my personal security, he's Iraqi. He's close as a brother to me. He looks at me, he said, hey, boss. I'm very sorry. I seen him break out of his ties and I was going to shoot him in the face, but I wait because you're saying the very nice things to him. And I'm like, Hassan, thank you for not shooting him in the face while I'm praying. While you're praying. Uh, yeah. You know, can you imagine? And Jesus. <laughs> really? <laughs> All right, Steph, I'm going to test you again here. What is your favorite book of all time? Uh, obviously, it's the Bible, Kevin. <laughs> yes. Nailed it. Very good. This time, you didn't say the book we wrote called You Met Her Where. But it's still a really good book. That is true. And it would make a great gift for friends or relatives on their birthday or for Christmas. Friends, you can order your copy of our book titled You Met Her Where at KevinAndSteph.com. And we will make sure to personally sign a copy for you or whoever you want. And as always, thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. Well, your backstory is unbelievable, right? Mm. From from what I've watched, from what I've listened to. So just looking at what you do today and why you do it, a lot of it's, it's because of your childhood and what you experienced, yes, for the sure. trauma. Would you mind sharing just a little bit for folks yeah. of what you went through as a child, which has led you to helping people through traumatic situations? Sure, brother. I mean, it is the context for which uh, of why I'm called, I think, because, you know, I heard a, a pastor in India I was helping. He told me there in India, he said, you know, children who are born in the fire won't be burnt by the heat of life. Hmm. And 
I, I definitely feel like I was born in, in a, a certain fire that's really helped me to endure the heat of life in the calling I do. My father was a drug dealer and a pimp. He didn't claim me as his kid. Tonight he got my mother pregnant. He shoved rosary beads down her throat and put a pistol to her head. My mother would marry six times. Uh, I went to 14 schools, 17 houses, but I had a stepfather, the first one that was extremely abusive and really driven by evil. And according to professionals terminology, I was tortured as a kid being electrocuted or dumped in a tub till I passed out. And, you know, a lot of horrible, evil stuff that I don't like to give glory to the darkness. I just like to tell enough to where people out there who've been hurt, they understand that there's hope. And, uh, yeah, you know, I had 123 visits to a trauma specialist for my brain. I've been on Depico, Depikine, Prozac, Zoloft, Lithium, Buspar. Started drugs in the sixth grade. And none of this was to be cool. I was just trying to feel better. Uh, I've been suicidal. I understand what it's like to put a pistol in your mouth. And if you're not careful, you can turn that anger and transfer it to other people. Even later in life, if you don't get it dealt with. And that's why even helping kids and people who've been traumatized overseas, whether Iraq, Syria, Cambodia, wherever we've been, you have to be careful that you move in God's spirit. Otherwise, the darkness you're fighting can start to get on you in weird mm -hmm. ways. And you're like, ah, so you have to, you have to really keep. But, but the amazing thing and how I came to faith was my biological dad. While okay. I was in the Marines, sent me a letter. And he's like, hey. I know you think I'm crazy, and I'm like, yeah, because he was in a <laughs> mental hospital. <laughs> he, he literally spent time in a mental hospital, the same one my grandfather did, mm. and my grandfather died in that one. Wow. So, like, I'm going, what, is this a timeshare deal for our family? Is this what we do? And uh, my other grandfather killed his common-law wife in public and shot himself. So he writes me this letter, and he just basically said, forgive me for not being a dad. And he says, I've come to faith in Jesus. That was the gist of it. And I was so blown away. I was like, the last I heard of him, he was a practicing warlock casting spells on people. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And his name of all things was Karl Marx. Karl with a K. Yeah. I mean, it just can't get weirder. So I flew down while I was in the Marines, visited him. He took me to a Baptocostal church thing. And I just saw the power of God move. And it was actually, you know what? I think it was the worship that softened my heart and heart. And that was back in 1986, June 22nd. I actually surrendered my life to Christ. And when I surrendered, it wasn't like, well, God, you get all this in a bag of chips. It was like, dear Lord, what do I have to offer you? Mm -hmm. And he just said, I love you and I want you. And he's never let me go. There have been times I've struggled in my faith, but he brought me an amazing woman who's been my bride this year will celebrate 35 years and uh i've never cheated or been cheated on i wouldn't want to cheat on her she's a black belt former miss fitness usa she can shoot any platform you put in her hands and she's gone on some of the most high-risk missions doing the deal with us iraq syria but i'll tell you what it's good when god brings two together and that's why i encourage younger people get married Guys, get out of your basement. Get married and get <laughs> right. excited. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like once you committed yourself to Christ, did you feel like your head unscramble in a sense where all that like evil that you had gone through was lifted? Like at freedom? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a great question. And I like the terminology because I often say in speaking that God can unscramble eggs and he has a way and a method. It's supernatural. Sometimes the process is fast. Other times it's longer, but we were made to heal. And the best antidote against this functional craziness and all that to me is the word of God because it's truth. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the power of a husband and wife to do what God wants them to do, just like y'all are doing, which, by the way, this is so fun. I'm privileged to be on the program with y'all. Oh, thank you. Rambo said he's having Rambo. fun. Rambo. He's having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so happy right now. <laughs> all right. So, Victor, for all of our guests, I like to give a list of fun facts to let listeners oh and Steph know what you've done, what you've accomplished. Okay. So, keep me honest on this. All right. And Steph only knows this very first fun fact. The rest, Victor, you're going to see her genuine reaction. All right. <sighs> so, fun fact number one, Victor. Steph, he is officially the world's fastest gun disarmer. Oh my gosh. So Okay, go ahead. You saw the videos. Yes. They're <laughs> he, amazing. He holds the record, Steph, at 0.08 seconds <laughs> of disarming someone. Okay? Uh-huh. So, Victor, I saw a video where you have an audience member come up, hey, point this gun at me, and then you disarm them. So yes. how do you decide who the volunteer is. Are you looking for like the toughest looking dude out there? The cockiest to, looking yes, guy. To bring on stage. How yes. do you handle that? Yes. <laughs> That's the, uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know where I perfected the skill was in youth prisons. My wife okay. and I would travel. I could bring a training pistol in and I'd have 40 gang members looking at me and hating and I knew, well, I've, I've got two minutes to hook them or I'm, you know, it ain't going to be a good day. Yeah. Right. So I would say, I need a volunteer. I'll let you hold a gun to my head and pull the trigger and see it. So obviously they're just. Everyone's raising their hand. <laughs> yeah. I picked the <laughs> toughest, the baddest one, which will win the audience over if you do it. He comes up and literally what I would do and people can watch is I pull the hammer back on okay. the pistol. Let them put their finger on the trigger and point it at me. With my hands down, I tell them, all you have to do is pull the trigger. The hammer will fall and you win. So with my hands down, I'll disarm them, meaning take the weapon and pull out the magazine and point the weapon back at them at eight-tenths of a second. <laughs> and that's why it's the world record. So what you'll see is gang members pulling the trigger in the air while the pistol is actually being pointed at them. It's the oh. funniest thing. And typically, they'll be using great potty mouth words. Shot. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, from gang members to Delta operators to football players to Cowboys to it doesn't matter. It's just something I feel like God gave me speed to do. But I will say this, okay, because people are always impressed with that, you know, hundreds of millions of views. My wife recorded the first one on a flip phone in a youth prison. Okay. I, I mean, I've been doing it for decades, but that was the first one recorded. And the reason I do it is to make people go, whoa. And then I tell them, this is why I do it. Because at seven years old, my stepfather put me in a chair, pulled out a revolver with rounds, pulled the hammer back, and he would tap it to the side of my head. Mm. And he says, boy, if you ever tell anybody what I've done, I'll blow your brains out. And I'll tell them you shot yourself. And as a seven-year-old kid, I fantasized in my mind, one day, one day I will be so fast. 
no one will be able to put a pistol to my head without me taking it away. Oh, oh that's good. You know what's so interesting about that? I watched the videos and I watched these guys and I was like, why are they still like pointing a fake gun? But it's because it's their finger, it's their finger and I never <laughs> understood why they were still standing there. It's literally boom, boom. Yeah. Yay. Boom, boom. And they're just like this. I'm like, why are you doing He has the gun. Why are you still like clicking it? Do you have any friends that are like, you're not going to be able to get this away from me? Like, good luck. It's not happening. Like, s- seal guys, yes. Delta Ops. Yes. So I would say. 99.9% no. Okay. But last year, okay. I had a guy come here, former Green Beret. He's one of the most well-known war correspondents. He goes, hey, I want to learn that. I said, okay. He said, let me do it first. So I did it. And when I did it, I didn't get the weapon from him. And he did pull the trigger, but it was right here. Okay. Uh-huh. And then I ripped it from him. And I said, what's going on? And he <laughs> smiled. He goes, I've studied every one of your videos. No. He said, I've studied them. I know your tail sign. And it was actually the dilation of my eyes. My eyes will dilate a nanosecond before I move because it's a result of adrenaline. I can release adrenaline in my body that allows for the speed. And he goes, I figured it out. He said, so all I was doing was watching your eyes. And as soon as I saw them starting to dilate, he says, I gripped down and pulled the trigger fast. I'm not waiting for you. I said, sneaker. Wow. Good. That's yeah. impressive. But this was also a guy who killed a guy in a bar fight, beat him to death because he was the other guy was a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Victor, you have inspired me. I'm using that same technique when I walk into a room here at my house to disarm our kids when they have the remote control to the TV. <laughs> so Nice. I like it. Like this morning, our five-year-old son had the remote on the TV, and I came in and boom, boom, ripped it out of his hands. Same method as you, okay? So then I was like, Steph. You're welcome. Yes, thank you. I was like, Steph, I've got this new trick. Come here. And so I gave you the remote. So here's the thing. I've been watching him. I've watched what he's doing. I've watched him watching you, and I'm like, I know what he's doing. So you always have them pointing the gun at you. So I yes. I might have pointed it about 10 inches lower than his chest. <laughs> changes. <laughs> it changes so things. So then he got mad. He's like, no, 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 no. no. That's not how Victor does it. I can't like, point at my face. You, he's like, point to my face. I'm like, that's not like, where I'm pointing no, it. No, you're pointing it to my crotch. Don't point it on my crotch. <laughs> point it at my head. And I so then, then I did it. Boom, boom. And I smacked the remote and it went across the room. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't grab it, but I did but disarm still. it. Still, yeah, I've I've sent a few weapons flying. Okay. And uh that is you know, that's hilarious. That's great. <laughs> so I'm using we, that on our kids now, Victor, <laughs> to get the TV remote control from them. Awesome. If you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at kevinandsteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. All right, second fun fact stuff. Last month, Victor spoke down in Florida at Mar-a-Lago in front of <gasps> President Trump. So, Victor, 
what was that like? I mean, you've spoken to thousands of people, mm-hmm. but speaking in front of President Trump, did you get nervous? And did you bring him on stage and give him a gun? Yes, did you give him a gun? Yes, please tell me you gave him a gun and disarmed him. Well, I can I can tell you this. I I know he was in the house because you can tell when Secret Service comes in. Oh, true. And yes. Yeah, it's literally, we had brought weapons down there for a raffle. Uh, okay. I was raffling for a fundraiser. And the steps they go through, it's unreal. We had to pull the firing pin from the weapons that we brought down uh, for security and safety. But yeah, his kids were there. Caitlin, Bruce Jenner was there. We met some amazing people. Uh, he came in and out. And really, it was not long after he had been indicted. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, he just threw a punch to the crowd of like, you know, if we don't do something, we're going to lose our nation. So, yeah, it really took people by wonderful surprise. And I'm grateful for the opportunity I had to be down there with so many really great people, great patriots. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a no stuff. He did not disarm he the president. He did not disarm the president. He did not disarm <laughs> no, <laughs> president Trump. Negative. <laughs> We, we got to know our left and right. We got to yes, know our limitations. That's true. All right, Steph. This year, like he mentioned, will mark 35 years of marriage. So he's a father to five, proud grandfather to five granddaughters. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Victor, can you share the story? I love this story. You were telling your, I believe it was your brother, that you're getting married. And he was questioning, like, yes. how is it? How is the intimacy? And you described right. your wife in terms of a vehicle, right? Can you share that story with right. Steph? As I love this. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, I'm a new Christian. So is my wife. So when we met, we committed to wait. We'd both been in the world before and we didn't like that approach. So we said, well, let's try it the Bible way. So we're going to wait until we're married before we have intimacies. So my brother, I'm engaged and my brother who I respect and looked up to and he goes, hey man, how is she? And I said, how is she what? He goes, you know, how is she? And I'm like, hey, you heathen, you know that I am trying to live this Christian life and I'm committed to wait. He's like, oh, brother. He goes, I know you got the Jesus thing going and that's all good. He said, but how do you know if you're not compatible? If you get married and you never slept with her. And for a minute, I was like, oh, gosh. I didn't think about that. I was like, I don't, maybe. And, uh, and then, you know, again, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a young Christian and I'm fresh out of the Marine Corps. So I'm pretty direct about everything. And I said, well, God, he's got a point. How do I handle this? And instantly he just gave me an anecdotal story. And I just said, well, I said, brother, you like Ferraris, don't you? He said, well, yeah. Cause he's a car collector. My brother did really good in the oil field business, so he had money. He didn't know it, stupid money. He didn't know what to do with it. So he bought cars, all these fancy cars. And I said, hey, man, if we went down to the Ferrari dealership here in Houston, you could walk in the showroom floor and get any Ferrari you want for free. They'll give you the title and the keys. All you have to do is just take it graciously and leave, but you can't test drive it. Would you do it? He goes, Yeah. I said, no test drive. He goes, no, I'd take the car. I said, I found me a Ferrari, brother. I don't have to test drive nothing. Oh. How good is that? Oh, that's good. That's really good. That is such a great explanation. Well, and I'm still the only one in my family that waited till we were married, you know, to be intimate. And no one else in my family has had that distinct privilege and honor. So I think. 
I think there's sometimes God wants to show off of what he can do in someone's life if we just trust and obey him. And uh, so my brother, you know, bless his heart. He went to heaven three days before Christmas last year. And uh, I miss him. He was my best friend. But yeah, when our race is done, it's done. Okay, I have a question. Are you guys constantly in prayer? That's it. And the answer is yes. We had a secret weapon on that trip. It was one of my wife's friends. We're close friends with Gary and Kelly Wilkerson. Gary is the son to David Wilkerson, who had the New York church in Town Square and Carlson Switchblade. And they lead his father's ministry after his dad passed. But Kelly felt like she was supposed to go with us. Now, Kelly, at the time, 60 years old. So I meet with Gary and her, and I'm like, hey, Gary, this ain't a little mission trip. Yeah. This ain't a little photo op. Your wife can be captured or killed. I said, you know, and we fight. We've had to shoot our way into stuff and out of. We've had mortars dropped on us. We've had to hide three days from ISIS. I said, this is all real, real. And Gary, without even flinching, he goes, oh, well, she prayed and felt like the Lord is saying go. So I support her. Zero fear. Zero. So Kelly is an intercessor. And I'll tell you, we would be coming up to a roadblock or trying to get paperwork, trying to get through. And Kelly would just be praying quietly. And we would get through. It's beyond comprehension. And then my wife's faith, I'll just tell you this. There was one point we were not in a good spot on a mission. And I start praying. And my wife's next to me. And I'm like, Lord, please send a legion of angels. We need some warring angels because it's bad. And so I kind of petitioned the Lord like that. And then I mean, she just goes, Lord, would you please send the one angel who killed the 186,000 Assyrians that one time? Could you please dispatch them to us right now? We, we just need one experienced veteran angel. And I went... <laughs> I changed my prayer. I like that one better than the season operator who's smoked 186,000 bad guys. So, yeah, prayer makes a difference. I mean, it really, because it's unbelievable because mm-hmm. we don't, we don't have a quick reactionary force. We don't have drones. We don't have, it's all okay. God, you'll provide the mission will be accomplished based on your will. But what we have done, y'all, we've resigned ourselves that if death is part of living for the Lord and martyrdom is his will, we don't question it. Mm-hmm. It's not our will to question. I mean, it's like, hey, God, if you want to take us, that's fine. It's like my wife said one time, as I was getting ready to go into a really bad situation, I, and she was at the safe house, actually with our own kids, our kids were there. I said, babe, this is a this one's a bad one. And if this some goes sideways, are you ready to become a widow for the gospel? Mm. And that's a very hard conversation. You feel it. And she looked at me and she said a few things. One, how long are we here for anyway? You know, what's the worst that can happen if we die? We still win. Mm-hmm. And then regarding me going to do this mission, she goes, she goes, I'd rather be a widow than married to a coward. Now go get that kid. What? What? I'm just like, it, does this woman have Spartan blood in her? I just, what is <laughs> going on? Unbelievable. 
So, Has there yeah, been a mission yeah. where you were going a certain way, you guys have it planned out, you're ready to go, and there was something in you, and it was like the God option. was telling you to go somewhere else, and you're like, this makes no sense, but we did it, and it was exactly what you had to do. Ordering your steps. Often. <laughs> I bet. Really? I'll just yeah. say that. It, I it's often, it. because, you know, you, you prepare, you train, you quit, you get a team together, you go, but then... You're just dependent on God to go, Lord, what, what do you want? That's why you don't. we don't ever push too hard, mm. and we trust him. But I've been in the jungles of Burma with Dave Eubank on a trail, moving and grooving, get to a T and stop. And he's like, I don't know, right or left? And he goes, let's pray. God, we don't know which way, right or left. Please show us. And then he looks around and goes, anybody? Anybody hear anything? And one guy goes, I think left. Boom, we go left. And our lives are saved, mission accomplished. It's oh. uh, yeah. If we could do that in America, know that he's readily available for us to just be dependent on him all the time. Oh. Again, I think God likes to show off. Mm. Kevin, did you know the two things I love to do is eat and support small businesses? That is correct. And snacks with a twist checks both boxes. From specialty pretzels to sweet treats like peanut butter bark and our kids' favorite Buckeye Marshmallow Pops, this store is a one-stop shop for snacks, treats, and gifts. You guys will not be disappointed with anything you purchase, and they will ship it to your doorstep. They are a proud sponsor of Tell Us a Good Story. All right, Steph, final fun fact. I had a lot more. We have more questions. Maybe we'll have <laughs> so it back another time because this is so much fun. <laughs> I'll come back. You guys are fun as I'll get out. I'll bring my bride with me. Yes. Yes, Mrs. Rambo. That would be fantastic. Mr. Mrs. Rambo. Yes. Love it. All right. This year marks 20 years that Victor has served in the ministry. He is the founder of All Things Possible, an organization that exists to identify, interrupt, and restore folks who have been affected by trauma. So, Victor, can you please tell us more about your organization? Thank you. Yeah, an easier way for people to kind of understand it, I just tell them this. We set captives free, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And whether it's a kinetic, facilitating, operational deal, like we do what's called skull games, and that's when analysts come together using open source intelligence gathering, and we can have up to 50 or 60 people at one time, and we're hunting for missing people, we're hunting for people being trafficked, we're hunting for predators. Mm. And then we put together target packages right here in the U.S. And then serve them to law enforcement agencies. And then girls are found. Girls are rescued. Kids, bad guys are captured. Guys go to prison. And we do it very effectively. And maybe others in this space try to make things a little too sexy or even folklore of me repelling upside down with a K-bar in my knife to rescue a child, you know, and I'm like, ah, actually, I fell out of a helicopter. And, <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's a, I just encourage people to go to our website, atpministries.org or victormarks.com. It's an education into really what counter-sex trafficking and counter-pedophile work is. We actually have online courses a person can go through in an afternoon and really learn what it's about. So that's one. The other is we developed these lion and lambs. These are trauma healing toys. They're the touch. It helps suit the music is specific prayers in them. And it helps children lower anxiety. Gosh, we've helped 
35,000 last year. Wow. But we're, we're probably close to a hundred thousand kids. And we even see adults who, I mean, from here in the U S police cars, holding them when they go up on a scene, giving it to a kid to ISIS children that we brought into the camp, holding it or associate teams, giving it to kids is one of the easiest, most effective ways to help with the psychological aspect and even spiritual. And then there are times where, you know, we, we have safe houses where we're constantly bringing girls in who have been abused or trafficked or have to be hidden. And we take care of them. Uh, I think about, I did a, a quick pump to Cambodia back me and one other fella, cause we have a safe house, really well run effective safe house. And this young girl, like 15 years old was attacked in her village, uh, they did the recovery of her, saved her life by doing medical bandage and emergency care, got her to a little clinic. She ended up living. And then we got there and me and one other fella confirmed the capture of the guy who did it within 72 hours. Oh my gosh. And then the girl ended up coming to our safe house and seeing other girls who had been rescued or recovered or helped them loving Jesus because it's a Buddhist country and miraculous stories like that happen all the time. So, man, you know, I talk to wealthy people who are like, I want more than just money. I go, well, why don't you support organizations that are actually doing the deal? You don't have to try to reinvent the wheel and start your own. I said, find those who are doing it, support it. And do you know some of our best hunters are those that used to be hunted? Oh, girls who were trafficked and they turn out to be unbelievable. And wow. there are a lot of other things we do, but my wife and I are still passionate about setting captives free physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So we'll continue to do this work as long as God gives us breath. Good folks out there who realize, Hey, five bucks can help us do what we do mm. to the gazillionaires who need to put money somewhere and get a reward in heaven. And we're grateful for people's prayers. Well, listeners, for more information about Victor or to help support his ministry, you can go to his websites, like he mentioned, victormarks.com. I am victormarks.com. Also, I would highly recommend to check out his Instagram account at victormarks, hands down, one of the best social media accounts that I've seen. Oh, thank you. Hands down, Victor. It is phenomenal. So- Two things before we end this conversation. One, I want to compliment yeah. you on the example that you give men like myself, husbands mm-hmm. like myself, and how you talk about your wife. I've seen it on Thank stage. You. I've seen it on your social media, how you honor your wife, you admire your wife, how you compliment her. Such a great example to other men. The second thing that comes to my mind as you're talking is your life is the definition of what the enemy meant for evil. God yes. will turn it for good. And yes. just blows my mind how all this trauma, catastrophic things take place in your life, how you have turned it around to help free thousands of other people. So God mm. bless you, sir. And Steph and I absolutely will be praying for you guys. Absolutely. Thank you. You know what? I appreciate this new friendship. And uh, we want to get you out to our training center and train you guys. We literally can work with you on jujitsu, gundasam, blade work. We we have a shoot house where we teach husband and wives to clear their own home 
you know, we teach you to fight back to back, not nose Seriously? to nose. That's our secret. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. We'll fly y'all out here and do Shut it. Up. You just tell us when. Shut up! Done deal. Is this in, you, in Colorado Springs? Colorado Springs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh, Steph. Oh, Steph. Hey, well, my gosh. So I'm going to keep practicing the gun disarm. I'll keep practicing that on my kids. Yeah, you do Victor. that, babe. You do that. <laughs> oh, that, that, that is That would be yes. a that hard yes. Hard yes. Absolutely. We'll work with your and team the, on that, hey, Victor. And then, then we'll, we'll do video footage of y'all, and y'all will love it. <laughs> y'all have a blast. We'll hang out. We got we a guest place for you right that. here. Okay, good. Victor, that would Victor, be fantastic. That would be amazing. Thank you. Thank you. We'd, we'd love to. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.